Up World. Passwords point guard and Blazer beat writer Mike Richmond. You're listening to another episode of Locked On Blazers. That also happens to be a le- episode of Locked On Grizzlies. Today's special crossover episode is brought to you by the good folks at Bill Bar. I'm here talking with Mark King and Sean Coleman of Locked On Grizzlies. Gentlemen, why are the Grizzlies going to make the playoffs? Sell me on it. Oh, guys, what's going on, Mike? First of all, it's great to be here. Uh, I know Sean and myself uh, always enjoy talking with other, you know, other podcasts, uh, other teams for sure. Uh, you know, the Grizzlies, um, you know, they have done a lot of things. They have done a lot of things to try to not be in the playoffs, uh, this <laughs> bubble. Um, but, you know, th- th- what we saw, I, and I'll, I'll touch on this a little bit. Um, Sean Coleman can can get a little bit more d- deep because he's a little bit more stats oriented than I am. but. Um, you know, if the Grizzlies, we saw the last game against the Bucks. Now, granted, it was a, a game against a lot of Bucks secondary players, and that's okay. I'm okay wow. with that. Disrespect to Frank Mason. <laughs> you know, it is what it is. You know, there's no, there's no Giannis, and that's okay. But you know, the Grizzlies had a triple double from two different players, which has never happened before in franchise history. Uh, but the big thing on that is Jonas Valanciunas was playing much better than he has played pretty much in the entire bubble. Like he actually took advantage of the inside matchups, which he's had quite often. And that's been a one thing that they just really haven't done that much. We would see them go to Jonas a little bit here and there, but not really. uh, He really hasn't dominated that matchup. Like we really kind of expect him to sometimes. And so that's been really, really, that was really, really big for the Grizzlies. And that is, that is a big big thing for them to be able to try and do along with John Rand. Obviously John Rand's played well in almost every game that he's had so far in the bubble. He was really, really good against the bucks. He's been really, really good again on almost every game. So that kind of goes without saying is John Rand's probably going to be good. Um, that being said, the other little bit of an, you know, what the Grizzlies have to have is Dylan Brooks, you know, the Grizzlies yeah. and talk a lot about Dylan Brooks. Uh, but you know he's got to play kind of within. He played within the offense on on Thursday. Um, that was the big the big thing. He played within the offense, passed when he needed to make the extra pass. You know, drove the basket when he needed to drive the basket. We saw the the game start out. And he made like the first four points by just by driving the basket. Like that's big for the Grizzlies. Like if if he can have a controlled game, that's not you know he doesn't take more shots than John Morant, and he just does what he's supposed to do, and then you know those shots will be open. I mean that will. That will be huge for the Grizzlies. Something that they didn't have the last time they played the Blazers. And a big difference between this time and last time, Mike, is that you know one thing about the Blazers is that you know they welcome back Joseph Nurkic the last time we played them. To me, mm-hmm. Nurkic was the big difference and the reason why the Grizzlies or the Trailblazers were able to win. Yeah, Especially, he was crazy, crazy in that game. Yes, it, it was just an awesome return game. You see, he showed in one game why he is one of the best bargains in the NBA with his contract. And, and to be honest, why y'all are in the position that you're in right now. He was a big loss throughout the whole season. Whiteside is is, is good at what he does, but Nurkic is, is one he? of the more – he, he blocks shots, so it's good for highlights, I guess. <laughs> yeah. um, but, he's but definitely thing, good at being tall. He's, he's good at what yeah. he does is what he said, and he does that thing. <laughs> I, I guess yeah, that's yeah. undeniable. I'm sorry that I objected, Sean. You nailed it. He <laughs> no, is good at what he does. There, there, there's, there's no, uh, there, there's no objection there. But without a doubt, there's a reason why Nurkic was starting his first game back after, you know, I believe being yeah. out the whole season. But getting back to the Grizzlies, 
The one thing that is there for Memphis now that was not there um, in the Trailblazers game, yes, we're without Jaron Jackson Jr., but we do have the advantageous bench that is back. The Trailblazers have Gary Trent Jr., who has played phenomenal. He has been, in my opinion, the sixth man of the bubble. But you could argue that the Grizzlies have two of the top five bench players in Grayson Allen and Brandon Clark. So one thing that's there for the Grizzlies now that was not there last time is a bench. And so the second unit going against the Trailblazers, I think the Grizzlies could have an advantage there. And let's be honest, the Trailblazers, the defense is, you know, they can get a stop or two here. But their defense is not. Yeah, one, a, one or two a game. They for sure stop a team at least twice a game from scoring. Exactly. So the Grizzlies, they're not going to have as much room for error as the Blazers. But when it comes to Memphis and being able to now be a more complete team, even without Jaron Jackson Jr., these players are playing more consistently now from our one through nine in terms of our roster. I think that Memphis can, even if the starters themselves get a little bit behind the Blazers starters, I think that our bench can make up the difference. And at the end of the day, the Grizzlies offense has been better as the game has gone along, especially with Brandon Clark and John Morant in the game together at times. If Dylan and if Valanciunas is contributing, if our players are contributing in more ways than just scoring for Dylan or rebounding for Valanciunas, I think that we can make it a game on Saturday and get to Sunday and be able to, you know, play, you know, in a must-win situation for both teams. If our bench is on and our players contributing in multiple ways, which they did against the Bucks, I would be confident that we can at least win one game. Yeah, I, I think the way you beat the Blazers is you spread them out, and the Grizzlies have uh, figured out how to go a little bit smaller. I think having Brandon Clark on the at a four makes the. To f- for a fun small ball group. It pains my Tar Heel heart to say this, but Grayson Allen has looked good at Disney World. He looks like a good NBA player. That's a real bummer, but it's <laughs> it's an undeniable bummer. Uh, and I think if you, a lot of teams have gone a little bit small or even not even small, but just perimeter oriented against the Blazers and just said, I bet you can't guard us in space. And that is a safe bet because the Blazers can't guard anyone anywhere. The other thing is is uh, that we have failed to mention is that Tyus Jones could possibly be back for this game like that. And oh, I, more Duke I, guys. Let's get them all in there. Yeah, but that's that's big for the Grizzlies. I mean, it's something that they really really missed all year long. Like he he has done a lot of things that you just don't even recognize. I mean, he just he keeps the offense moving on that second unit, so he makes that 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 second unit off the bench you know, even even better than it had already has been in the past couple games. Even in a couple of the losses, the, the bench was really really good. So. You know, to get Tyus Jones back, that that could that could really bode well for the bench unit in terms of just continuing the offense and making sure they don't fall off. Uh, you know, once John Morant leaves the game. Yeah, that's. I mean, in the in the first meeting, the De'Anthony Melton had a really nice game off the bench against against Portland, and I think that really helped. It was just like let's play a little bit faster and have have some athleticism. And I think you add Melton and another actual ball handler in Tyus Jones, that could be a real a real boost for the Grizzlies. And the other thing that I'll add is this, is that against, it was the first game back, so you have to consider that. But if Nurkic doesn't have the game that he has, and McCollum does not have the game that he has, the Grizzlies had a chance to win at the very end. Now, Jaron Jackson Jr. for us had his best game in the bubble, so you also have to consider that. Yeah, a lot has changed in two weeks for sure. The thing I will say, though, about Damian Lillard is that he had 29 points in the game against us. He was 10 for 22 from the field. Obviously, now, basically, for the last six games, he's been averaging 40, but that's just been enough for the Trailblazers. If the Grizzlies can find a way to just even contain him a little bit or 
prevent Nurkic or McCollum from really being a second source of, you know, automatic scoring or automatic contribution like they were in the first game, I think that helps the Grizzlies out as well. I'm not saying the Grizzlies defense is anything great, but (laughs) at the very least, they do have a little bit of size out there on the perimeter with Melton and um, uh, uh, Brooks. That may cause a little bit of issue to where we can slow down McCollum, Lillard, and Nurkic just enough to have a chance. Yeah, I mean the Blazers' margin for error in like virtually every game has been has been none. It's very very slim. They just John Moran. If John Moran doesn't fall down, they're probably not in this position. But he falls down at the end of regulation. Blazers get hot for ninety seconds at the beginning of overtime, and here they are. I mean, it's um, there's definitely a lot of luck involved in how this all shook out for Portland. I forgot about John Moran falling down. I'll be honest with you, I totally forgot about that. I feel like I feel like that was two months ago. It, I mean, bubble time is is is. Uh, is happens at a different pace for sure. <laughs> it definitely happens at a different pace than, than that. But he, you know, the only thing about John Moran is that, that he struggles with is, you know, he, I think he's really struggled with, with CJ and Dame Gardner too, though. So that's, that's the other thing It's like, you know, there's not a, a lot of room for margin of error on either side of these teams. Um, but you know, I, we still haven't, I don't think we still, we got, we got a John Moran game in last and Thursday, but I, I was always expecting we get a, like a, 45 point John Rank game in this bubble. We just we never did. So I'm hoping that comes on Saturday. That would really go a long way. <laughs> yeah, indeed. Well, let's uh let's let's take a quick break and come back and talk about why the Blazers might win. Even though we've we've sort of hinted at it a little bit, let's get Portland specific in the second segment. But before we get there, I want to tell all y'all about Built Bar. Built Bar is two things. It's delicious and it's healthy. That's the trick. It tastes good, and it's good for you. Bill Bar comes in 18 amazing flavors. They got the 12 original flavors that you know, and six new ones that you'll love. Caramel brownie, cookies and cream, cherry barcia, lemon almond cheesecake, carrot cake, and apple almond crisp. New to the lineup, but you know what's not new to the lineup is that Bill Bar is good for you. It's great for the health conscious among us. If you're looking to lose weight or just maintain your look, but you want a delicious treat, Built Bar is for you because it's low calorie, low sugar, high in protein, high in fiber. Great for the keto diet. You're on the keto diet? Check out Built Bar. Consider the coconut almond flavor. It's got 18 grams of protein, 180 calories, 5 grams of sugar, and just 5 grams of net carbs. Sounds pretty good. Here's what you do. You go to BuiltBar.com and you use the promo code LOCKEDON. You'll get $10 off your next order. That's the promo code LOCKEDON for $10 off at BuiltBar.com. All right. So we're still chatting here about Grizzlies, Blazers. We, they play each other in the play-in round Saturday with a potential game on Sunday. In the first segment, we talked about why the, why the Grizzlies might win. But now, joined by Mark King, Mark King and Sean Coleman of Locked on Grizzlies, let's shift gears and talk about why the Blazers might just finish this off. Gentlemen, I'll, I'll let either one of you take this. What worries you about this Blazers team for the weekend games? Well, I'm going to jump in and just start here. Um, you know, I, I mentioned right before we took a break that, you know, John Morant has notoriously struggled with some of the more you know, elite guards in the NBA uh, defensively in terms of just getting getting past people. And so, um, you know, that's that's something that, you know, I think Portland can provide if they can really, again, like – John Morant is the only source of offense. Like Sean mentioned earlier, like, oh yeah, you know, if the if the Blazers, even if uh Damian Lillard scores 45, which is just kind of a thing now. What if that's just a normal day at work? Yeah, which is just insane to me. But 
you know, even if Do- Damian Lillard scores 45, you can just stop CJ or, or, or Nurkic from doing something. Well, like, that's not like something the Grizzlies have. They just don't have that advantage. Like if, if you slow down John Rant, you, the team is done. Like team is, is, is on the Dunzo list. And so, um, you know, if, if they can just find a way to make him settle for three pointers, which he's shown he will do in this bubble, if he would just, just, if, if he can't get inside easily, if he can't drive the basket easily, because that's, that is the Grizzlies offense is, is John Morant initiating the, the dribble penetration and mm-hmm. kick. If he, if, if he, if, if you just frustrate him a little bit and just, and just make him work a little bit harder than he's normal to, John Morant has shown a penchant for just settling a three gets three porters. And that, that would be, that would be huge. Cause he's not a great three point shooter right now. Um, you know, he's got a good looking form, but he's, he's not consistent enough to just settle for three pointers. So like that right there is, is worrisome. I got good news for you, Mark. The Blazers are not going to keep him out of the paint. I love that. (laughs) They haven't done it to anyone. Ask Josh Richardson, Alec Burks. uh, (laughs) Karis LeVert got loose last night. Karis LeVert's really good, but John Morant's really good. If you're good and you can operate a pick and roll, boy howdy. Boy howdy, can you get to the rim? I just want to say that John Rant's about 10 times better than Karis LeVert. So I feel good about that. Well, he's, you know, three inches shorter too. So maybe that, (laughs) (laughs) that's the difference. Uh, For me, the reason why the Blazers win this game is, is the, the gentleman you mentioned it's Damian Lamont, Ollie Lillard. Uh, He's, he, he is playing like the best point guard in the league and the Blazers have needed every single bit of it. But The reason why I have confidence that the Blazers will win one out of these two games is because they have the best dude on the court. Sometimes it's that simple. And Damian Lillard is the best. He's going to be the best dude on the court, both in both games. I mean, he just that's just how it works. Um, They have Portland has some real flaws. Um, They can't guard anyone. They only have six NBA players on the roster. Uh, That's a tough tough sell but one of those dudes is is right now the best point guard in the league and 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 if when you have that the rest of the math is pretty simple oh absolutely. i'm gonna be i'm gonna be completely honest with you on my end damian lillard i absolutely i, I adore damian lillard i have since he's been in the league i've told mark and several others i don't know if jaw ever becomes damian lillard the shooter but the mentality that dame has i would love mm-hmm. for jaw to have that i think it's huge the big but but the factor for me in this game, I mentioned it in the first segment, and I think it's the reason why you're going to win one of two games, is Joseph Nurkic. And it's mm-hmm. not just the scoring. The scoring, Gary Trent Jr., McCollum, you know, uh, Mello, two of those three guys support Dame with 15 or more points. That just sets too high of a floor, I think, for the Grizzlies to be able to beat twice. But Nurkic's ability to set the high screens to get Portland open for their yeah. mid-range shots or getting the shots in the corner. Nurkic, while they do allow people in the paint, Nurkic was an absolute nightmare. He was altering shots, blocking shots in our first game. He He had six blocks, blocks, I think, in in that first game. He was awesome. When the starters were on the court, they the the Grizzlies had a tough time getting in the paint. The only reason why the Grizzlies got back in that game is Nurkic fouled out late, which gave the Grizzlies a chance. But also when he was off the court and they got on the run, Nurkic, they can't they are going to have a tough time navigating around Nurkic in the half court, especially on defense. I just think Nurkic at the level that he's playing, he sets that floor too high for the Grizzlies to be able to beat it twice. I know Dame is going to be the main reason, but I think when you really look at it, Nurkic is going to make the difference. It's just going to make it very tough for the Grizzlies to beat the Blazers back to back days. Yeah, I think go ahead. 
Yeah, the other thing is, I think it's very important to notice is, is is about the Grizzlies defense. Like Sean, you mentioned a little bit. Like we saw this in the first game, and then overtime, the uh, you know Damian they they were paying that that they just really honestly like the last I don't know six or seven possessions of the regular uh, the regular time in overtime. It was the same play it was the same high pick and roll and the Grizzlies just could not defend it and the reason they couldn't defend it was because you know you you play a side pick and roll and a high pick and roll differently the way the defensive rotations are but Damian was running the pick and roll like in that little gray area of the elbow where you really don't or even closer to high but like you really it gets played differently and so they would run that high pick and roll or just that kind of even just in a bad area to where the Grizzlies defenders behind them didn't really know what to do and it led to a three or two or three mellow threes in a row. Like, yeah, it, it was just it. And they ran it over and over. And when it came to crunch time, like you mentioned, it was like, OK, let's just let our best player do this and, and make plays because he was either he was getting right to the front of the rim and kicking out for an L3 or he was scoring the basketball one or the other. Yeah, I, I think the other thing and Sean touched on this a little bit. The reason why I would pick the Blazers to win it, the playing round is just the math. Like they only have to win one of these games. Um, and that alone, that seems like a big, like that alone seems like enough reason to pick whoever was an eighth, not just Portland or whatever. If the Grizzlies had finished an eighth, I would have said they've got a real leg up because you only got to win one of these games over the weekend. And, uh, and two, two cracks at it seems like enough of a, enough of a significant advantage to, to make a difference. I will say this. Uh, and I wonder if uh, you gentlemen agree that, I have I really have enjoyed this play in format and I wouldn't be mad if the NBA adopted something similar in the reg in in like the regular season because um, or in like when things go back to quote unquote normal just because uh, this has been it's added some intrigue to the last games which are usually duds in the NBA. We, we we're sitting here talking about we've had so many shows about the eight seed about a bunch of teams trying to play the right for the right to get beat by the Lakers. That's what we're yeah, yeah. like. Congratulations. You, you know what I mean? Like, so that tells you all you need to know about the amount of intrigue they've created in terms of what the NBA has done with this eight seed. It's like, we're all like, everybody, everybody's talking about it. How like all these scenarios and what happens this, and what happens now? And we all just kind of forget like, oh yeah, by the way, if you win all this, you have to play the Lakers. And good yeah, luck you got to figure out how to guard LeBron and AD for seven yeah. games. Well, yeah. five games more likely, but yeah. That's that's your prize. Good luck with that. So Yeah, after, especially after playing, the Blazers are going to end up playing like three and four nights and then they'll get a, a Monday off. And then it's like, cool, you ready? Great. You've played like really high leverage games for two weeks. Cool. You have a rested Lakers team waiting for you. <laughs> exactly. Well, and the thing that I'll add is this, though, is that the other thing that I'll like about the play-in, obviously don't like the how it happened with the suspension of the season with all that's been going on. But a big thing that the Blazers are reminding people is that this is a team that was in the Western Conference playoffs last year. This is a team that was projected to be in the playoffs this year. It was injuries and it was ineffective play that made them even be in the running this case. If the Blazers are fully healthy throughout the year, the Grizzlies aren't in the conversation for the playoffs, in my opinion. And I think because they're fully healthy, while the number of games they played in days does impact things, I do think this Blazers roster, the depth may come and hit them, but if Gary Trent Jr. can play like he's playing and their starters play effectively, you, you love Gary Trent Jr. Jeez. Dude, this I, is an all Duke podcast. We're just oh Tyus Jones, Grayson Allen, Gary Trent Jr., <laughs> Christian Leitner, Cherokee Parks. Come on. <laughs> all I'm saying is, is that when it came, by the way, it's Greg Paulus. It's, it starts and ends with Greg Paulus. Oh, but the Lord. thing that I'm no, no, no thank you. 
for, for for when it comes to Gary Trent Jr., you mentioned they had six NBA players. All I'm saying is is that if the if the Blazers continue to score like they have been scoring, they're going to be a problem for the Lakers guards. I think the Lakers win the win the series, but I wouldn't be surprised if the Blazers take it to at least six. If they, yeah, they get past the Grizzlies, I think it's going to be a fun series. Yeah, I mean, Damian Lillard's really good, and he, like, in that the game in Staples Center right after Kobe passed, he put together one of the great performances he's ever had. Um, it's kind of like a forgotten one, but he was awesome in that game, and it's like the Lakers obviously really wanted to win for a variety of reasons, um, you know, emotional and just regular competitiveness, and Dame had 48 and just put him on his back. I mean, he's capable of winning a game, uh, Allen Iverson style, but I don't know, several seems like a big a big task. Agreed completely. Yeah, let's. You guys want to take the last take the last break and uh, come back and, and do a little bit more? I'd love to. Before we take the last break, I want to also remember remind you guys that you need to start your morning with the news that matters most in just ten minutes. Axios Today hosts Nyla Badu and a team of award winning journalists will bring you the latest analysis and insight into the trends that are shaping our world. Go check out one of our amazing sponsors, Axios. Talking with Blazers and Grizzlies crossover episode today. So uh, the first segment, we talked a little bit about the Grizzlies. For second segment, we talked a little bit about the Blazers. Let's, uh, I feel we could just get into whatever we think is the matters most besides Gary Trent Jr. Because this, I didn't know if you guys noticed, we're listening to the great Gary Trent Jr. podcast hosted by Sean Coleman. <laughs> Sean Coleman's Gary Trent Jr. Locked on Gary Trent Jr. was Sean Locked Coleman. Locked on Gary Trent You know, I didn't. I had. I really didn't know you had that affinity for Gary Trent Jr. That's okay because uh, I, I'm just upset at uh, Patrick Beverly and uh, Paul George for making Damian Lillard mad. That's really all I care. Like, did they have to do that? Like, right before the Grizzlies game? Like, did they need to do that to get a different side of Damian Lillard that none of us really want? I mean, I guess I, I needed that right before the Lakers series because that man is on a mission. Yeah, is it, really that, is it really that different though? He was doing this. He had what, like, uh, I think, fifteen games between January and February, where he averaged like forty-two points per game over a fifteen-game stretch. I think he yeah, he averaged a game stretch like that every year. Yeah, he he was the best player in basketball in in late January for a brief period, um, and no Pat Bev on that one. Pat Bev didn't have to yell at him, <laughs> but I think I kind of think um, uh, Pat. Uh, Dame didn't go off like in spite of Patrick Beverly and Paul George. He did it because of them. Like he, he, if he hadn't missed those free throws, they don't yell at him. And so he, he bricked free throws, his own, his own problem. And they, they were mean to him and he got mad. Like if he makes those free throws, he, maybe he goes on this tear, um, you know, independent of them. Uh, maybe he doesn't need the game he had against Brooklyn if he just uh, doesn't lose to the Clippers C team on Saturday. But I don't, um, I think the narrative built itself, uh, sort of the myth built itself because Dame Brick two free throws usually makes. Well, and that's what I think it's going to come down to. You know, we talked about the math of the Grizzlies having to win, um, you know, one of two games. The Blazers only have to win one. The Grizzlies have to win two. And the big thing about it for me is this, is that who's going to get to 120 the quickest? And when you look at the Blazers between – he who should not be named, Damian Lillard, um, <laughs> and, and, and Mello. 
between those four players, plus you had an extra 15 from Nurkic, that's five players right there from the Blazers who you easily could get 90 from. With the Grizzlies, you're going to have to have Jonas Valanciunas and Dylan Brooks plus John Moran on. And like, I mean on, just to get 60. You so know that's makes, the big thing. That's Sean, the big you know what makes me sad about that? What's that? Is that uh, it took a two a triple-double from Jonas and a triple-double from Ja and a good game from Dylan just to beat the backups for the Bucks. Agree. <laughs> Agree. That's, that's what's the sad part about all that. And, and really kind of disheartening is that it took – all that to beat the Bucks' uh, second unit, pretty much. So that's the only thing you knew about this weekend. The only I other mean, thing the, that I'll add is this: is that the Grizzlies, the only way that they're getting any type of three point success, is catch and shoot opportunities from getting success in the paint. If Nurkic is sitting there dominating the paint, Jaw is nine for four from three. The Grizzlies are in the bottom three during the bubble in both pull up and catch and shoot shooting in terms of percentages. All the Blazers need to do is sag. Zach Lowe talked about it in his article today. Defenses are figuring out to sag under the pick and roll off of jaw to make him shoot. If the Blazers simply sag and make this into a jump shooting game, I don't see any way the Grizzlies are going to be be able to beat them two games in a row. And I think that's what you're going to see the Blazers do. That's an X factor for me. How accurate can the Grizzlies be on their jump shots? Yeah, that, I think that's a good one because it's it, they need Dylan Brooks to be just like fantastic Agreed. shooting the ball because they don't have him. I mean, losing losing Jaron um, is just first of all he's an incredibly fun player, um, but it is, he he opens up so much for what they do um, for how they how the Grizzlies want to do things. Um, and uh, losing his shooting and his size has really handicapped them the last week or so. It's 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 a bummer because you want to see teams at full strength this time of year. I mean, Mark, what do you think? I mean, do you do you think there's a factor in there that, you know, I, I think the Grizzlies have a chance, but unless they just score and have an on game from people who haven't been on, I don't really see an equation that works out in their favor. You know, the only thing I'll say is that uh, looking at the box score, just kind of how the, the game, the previous game in the bubble played out, um, Mike, you know, you're right. Like it, it, it took a lot of breaks for that, for that to go right for them, honestly. Like, and I'll say, yes, Jaron Jackson had an amazing game, uh, but he was also six for 15 from three, like the Grizzlies as a whole were 13 for 41. So that gives you an, an insight of what you're talking about in terms of just making shots, but also Grayson Allen really hadn't really come into the Grayson Allen that we've seen the last four or five games or so, you know, scoring 15 to 20 points off the bench. And so that's, that's, that's pretty big too, because he only had five points in that game. He was one for one from three. So that's a little something. So maybe maybe some of those are points that you lose from Jaron Jackson can be replaced by Grayson Allen. Jonas Valanciunas, Jonas Valanciunas wasn't very good either. Uh, only you know sixteen points. Only took four shots. Yeah, he had so, foul trouble, and and he just he couldn't. Yeah. He just had a bad game. I mean, he's yeah. he's better than he played in that first game. Absolutely. So you know you get you know some maybe Jonas and Grayson have a good game. You know you mentioned De'Anthony Melton, and honestly that was wasn't even a good game from De'Anthony. He had six steals in a game a couple you know against the Thunder. So like you know the the bench was not really the bench that we that we seen the last few games when they first played the Blazers. So that that's why I look at and say okay. That gives me some hope because I think that if you can, the bench that has been playing the last few games is a completely different animal than what we saw in the first game against the Blazers. Yeah, I'll say my X factor for the Blazers is just health. Um, CJ McCollum playing with a fracture in his lower back. He's apparently been playing with that since uh, that first game. He he injured it diving for a loose ball against Jaron Jackson in that first game in Orlando. So he's playing 40 plus minutes a night with a fractured back. So I don't know how... 
I mean, obviously he's willing to play through it, but um, you know, he had a, he had a stinker game against uh, Dallas with it, with the injury. So it's kind of just his health. Uh, Hassan Whiteside hasn't been healthy. And in the game last night, every time he left the court, Zach Collins went and rode the, rode the bike. Uh, when you ride the bike on the bench, that is not the sign of full health. That is, the sign. <laughs> that, that, is, is that is not a positive sign. So for, for me, the Blazers X factor is health because they have no depth. I mean, if you're, if, if it isn't Nurk and it isn't Whiteside, then it's Wenyan Gabriel. And um, that, that is quite a step down. And if it's, and otherwise you're asking Carmel Anthony at age 36 to play 40 plus minutes a night, they already have a super tight bench. So anyone in that top seven gets hurt and uh, the drop off is very severe, very fast. So then let's go around. Go ahead, Mark. No, go ahead. Go ahead. I was going to say, so then let's go around the room. So say, Mike, we'll start with you. So your prediction of how many games are played, who ultimately wins, the reason why that team advances, and one bold prediction for the weekend. That's a lot of predictions. Okay, I, I'll, I'll, let, me, let me do it. I'll, two games, and the Blazers prevail on Sunday thanks to Damian Lamont, Ollie Lillard. Um, he'll score 155 points in game two. Uh, <laughs> and uh, oh, what that, was the what was my last prediction? It was a bold one, but for, but that may be your bold one. Is that, oh, that's it. Yeah, yeah. Boldly, he scores one fifty five, shattering Wilt Chamberlain's Ooh. record. Wow. Um, he's just listen. He's he's if you if you give him enough time, he's capable of it. He's really he's put on the cape and hasn't taken it off for ten days. It's been fun to watch. Mark, That's how about you? Uh, I'll, I'll go two games as well. I think the Grizzlies get the game on Saturday, but I think the Blazers ultimately probably win. It's just it's difficult to beat two gate two the team two times in a row for sure. Um, so I, I'll go two games. Um, I don't know if that I can be bolder than 155 points on Sunday, uh, <laughs> but I'll go with I'll go with a John Rant game on Saturday. I'm going to go with like a John Rant 40 plus game on Saturday. So I'm going to go two games. I'm going to go. The the Blazers do prevail. Um, Dame is the reason why. Though Nurkic could not be. Gary Trent. Uh, <laughs> here harping on Gary Trent. If there if if there is to be a player that I stand for, it's Joseph Nurkic. But Mark can tell you my favorite non Grizzly is Demonis Sabonis, whose dad has Trailblazers lore. Obviously, oh yeah. But I love those type of players. But my bold prediction is that the Grizzlies win Game Three. But it's because of support from Anthony Tolliver. I think Anthony Tolliver makes four plus threes in game one on Saturday, and he's provided some instant offense that's led to some surges in the second quarter. I think he helps two surges in the first and the second half and makes four or more threes to help the Grizzlies prevail. Anthony Tolliver revenge game. How dare you trade me to bro- <laughs> how dare you trade me to Sacramento? <laughs> That is a bold prediction, Anthony Dollar four point or four three point game. Uh, that is, that's even I might be bolder than a hundred fifty five point game from Damian Lillard. I'd say they're equally likely. <laughs> equally likely, yes, yes, for sure. Made three last game. You never no, know. He's, yeah, he's going to play and he's going to get him up. I, the Tolliver might hit four threes. I'm, I'm just messing around. Cool. Well, that, I guess that's uh that that pretty much wraps up the show, guys. I, I think that we covered everything that we should have covered in terms of this Brizzly. Uh, Grizzlies, Blazers, Grizzlies matchup. Uh, anything else before we get out of here? Yes. Uh, j- just remember to describe to the podcast. Uh, you can find both under the same name. Locked on Gary Trent Jr. for the Grizzlies <laughs> and locked on Gary Trent Jr. for the Trailblazers yeah. via John Coleman. Go yeah, subscribe. Just- 
Just search Gary Trent Jr. wherever you already get your podcast. Exactly. Just go subscribe so you don't miss anything else. Subscribe to all three. Locked on Gary Trent Jr., Locked on Grizzlies, Locked on Blazers, so you guys don't miss anything at all. We will see you next time.